Hey, thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from Dylan Krause. Alright, so what was the theme of this month? That you, let's break something. Let me hear y- y'all say it. Unless you're slurping on a Slurpee from Annie Ann's, then you're, you're allowed to not say it. Because then you get like blue Slurpee all down your shirt. It's just not right. You shouldn't do that. Let's break something. Okay, so, oh, we forgot a very important, I, I got that. Don't worry about it. Now you all have to lay it, listen so you don't miss the special announcement that you thought you missed. We're so good at this. Didn't even know that it was going to go on. Okay, so, um, let's break something. So today, or the other day, I was thinking about, like, yeah, let's break something. I love talking about this. The very first thing that I was thinking about saying to break, what do you think it would be? I mean, like spiritual stuff. I'm like, I want to break fear. That's what I always want to do. Like, I just don't want to be afraid. You know, Brian does this thing where he talks about like all the different things. If you could do anything and have anything and whatever you want and there was no limits, what would you do? And I said, I wanted to fly and I don't want to have any fear. Those are like my major two requests. Like, if I could do anything, I would want to fly. Yes, I even walked around for a while with red and blue rubber bands on my wrist for, like, a year. Just like, God, I want to fly. That would be so awesome. Superman, you know what I'm saying? I had all these dreams about flying. It was awesome. Anyway, it wasn't really flying. It was, like, running and jumping really far. But still, it was close to flying. And when I was younger, you know, me and my friend, uh, friends, we were all into, like, skateboarding. And then I got into, like, ATVing. And then I got into motocross, which is, like, the pinnacle of sports. Can you say that with me? Anybody have a contention against that? The pinnacle of sports is motocross. You guys are killing me. I come oh, NASCAR is over here giving me some flack. Oh. My heart. I can't believe that the NASCAR has so much more respect than Moto right now. <laughs> I am dying. Anyway, so we were like all into all, all into this stuff. So we had like this whole pack rat of people that would roll around and um, we had, oh man, there was another left turn. I heard that. And so we would like, we had these woods that were owned technically by the power plant. And anyway, so like it was just nobody's real, nobody's woods really. But there was lots of people that thought that it was kind of like their responsibility to take over. And we would ride our dirt bikes and four wheelers up there. And like, for instance, what I mean by they thought it was their responsibility to like manage it and keep it up, even though it wasn't their property. This one guy came up after um, my brother and his friend, and they, he said, you're not allowed to ride up here, blah, 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 blah. He says, well, it's not your property, so you can't tell me what to do. And then they started fighting with this, like, 60-year-old man with a beer in his front shirt pocket. And anyway, it ended up with the old man kicking over the guy's bike, and then the guy got up, and the, guy, the old man punched him in the face. I mean, this kid's, like, 16 years old, and the guy's, like, 50-something, and he's fighting with this little kid. Anyway, what happened was he started coming after my brother, so the dude who just got punched in the face, Kevin Leitzel, went and picked up his helmet and went, BAM! Smashed the dude in the head with his helmet. Dang. That's breaking stuff right there. Seriously. Don't mess with Kevin Lehman, man. Holy cow. He will smash you in the head. Oh. <laughs> this guy will mess you up. I don't know what to do about that. Sorry, I got carried away. Anyway, so... We would all ride up there, and our biggest thing was, like, there was these, there's this brand called No Fear. Have you ever heard of it? No. No. No Fear. It was, like, this old school, 
kind of, I don't know if it still exists or not, but they had like, they had like moto clothing. And like I wore a t-shirt and it said, no fear. And then on the back it said, been there, wrecked that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was tough. I was really hardcore. And one time when I was, I didn't tell people what happened, but I had this awesome, I, I don't really have scars anymore there, but like from here, sorry, from like here to my elbow was just a giant scab. You know, and it was middle school, and we didn't have lockers, so we had trapper keepers in our books. So I'd, like, carry it around, and then my left hand on purpose so that my big scab was, like, showing everybody. And I wore my No Fear shirt at the same time. I didn't tell them that it was raining, and I hit my front brake too hard going up my driveway (laughs) and just crashed right in front of my parents' garage door. I didn't tell them that part, though. You know what I'm saying? I didn't tell them that part. It just looked like I had, like, you know, I don't know, was jumping over a train while it was running. I did, like, a backflip. Superman, Sea Crab, I don't know, Brent, if he was here, he would help us out with all the terminology. But anyway, I was all about that. You know, we were all about trying to see who could be more crazy. Like, my friend Chad Henry was the other person who probably had more no-fear clothing than anybody I've ever met in my life. Chad Henry. He's an awesome feller. But he was crazy. We lit him on fire, literally, for a um, social studies project one time. And, like, all, like, six of us laid down, and he jumped over us on fire, jumped off of his four-wheeler in the air. Four-wheeler went one way and, like, totally crashed, and he went rolling down the hill, and we're all laying there. This is the stuff we did on a regular basis. He also hit me in the back of the head with a flaming log when we got into a flaming log fight, and then I chased him with a shovel. Yeah, this is the kind of things I did as a kid growing up, okay? This is where I come from, all right? I've literally been there and wrecked that. And my dad, I uh, can't say that one, sorry. Never mind, keep going. Um, nope, I just did. Uh, and so there was this other guy, and there was this whole crew of people from Freeburg. Say Freeburg. Oh, gosh, don't give me that. You're from Port. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway, so Freeburg, they're like, they're a little bit intense, okay? Does anybody, okay, who, how many of you are in public school? Okay, so, like, you, you have people from all over different towns. I mean, it's mostly, like, a, not Camp Hill, sorry, whatever. Um, like, we had, like, Sealands Grove High School is, like, Shemokin Dam, Hummel's Wharf, Sealands Grove, Freeburg, Port Treverton. And that's where Emma's from. And <clears throat> anyway, so f- the Freeburg people, they're, like, this little niche of people. Like, they're all crazy. And um, you drive through their town... And I think there's three bars and, like, a fire hall, and then you're outside of town. Like, that's it. It's just, like, house, house, bar, house, bar, bar, house, house, fire hall. Now you're out of Freeburg. Not there anymore. Racetrack. That's in Sealand's Grove. Yeah, come on. Jeez. (laughs) Anyway, so this kid from Freeburg, his name was Ian Neff, right? Say Ian Neff. God bless him, wherever you are, ENF, God bless you, my friend. And uh, so him and I were probably like seventh or eighth grade, and we're like really tough, you know? And so we're like going back and forth in like language arts class, and we're like talking smack to each other, like, dude, whatever, I'm not afraid of anything, man. He's like, oh, yeah, well, I'm not afraid of anything either. I was like, yeah, well, I'm, the only thing I'm afraid of is God. He says, yeah, me too. Where the heck did that come from? I'm not afraid of sharks. 
I'm not afraid of big giant waves. I'm not afraid of T-Rexes or like rhinoceroses. None of that came to mind. But the only thing I could say was, only thing I'm afraid of, man, is God. I wasn't like, I didn't know anything about the Bible. I grew up in Catholic church and what they had taught me, like I apparently was that I was supposed to be afraid of God. I had no idea what that meant. Like, why would I say that? You're over here making a bunch of BS about how tough you are, and the only thing you're going to pull into it is you're afraid of God. Okay. So I was thinking, like, what does that even mean? And I was, you know, talking about, like, like breaking off fear and everything like that, and I was thinking, like, yeah, I want to break off fear, break off fear, I want to be free from fear. You know, like, the Bible says in First John, like, what, what the worship was talking about, like, perfect love casts out fear, right? You know that verse? 1 John 4, 18. Perfect love casts out all fear. Say all fear. But at the same time, my Catholic, like, nun ladies taught me that I was supposed to be afraid of God, right? Anybody read your Proverbs 22 this morning? That in true humility and fear of the Lord is riches, honor, and long life. Say, I want some of that. I want some of that. So wait a second. I'm confused now because there's love. That casts out all fear, right? Say yes, because that's in the Bible. You're allowed to agree. And then at the same time, if I want riches, honor, and a long life, then I've got to have humility and the fear, right, of the Lord. So the same guy who is perfect love, who casts out fear, all fear, it says, is also the guy who's saying, hey, but if you want riches, honor, and a long life, you better be afraid of me. Is that what he's saying? It's confusing, right? So even as a kid, I'm like, well, heck, I don't know. I don't want to talk bad about God because he could, like, strike me with a lightning bolt right here, right now. So I better make sure that while I'm lying about what I'm afraid of and not afraid of, because you all know I was afraid of more than just God at that point in my life. And one of them was dark, man. In between the two developments, I had a friend to hang out with him. And it say, like, one development was over here, and my development was over there. In between, black forest. I was like... I sprint home as fast as I possibly could. I hated the dark when I was a kid. Hated it. I, probably because I watched, like, when I was, like, seven, I had a friend, Mike Malik, and we would watch every single Freddy Krueger movie that we could possibly get our hands on, and I would wake up screaming in the middle of the night. Stupid. Crazy. I hate horror movies. Still hate them. Um, so, anyway... There's a little bit of confusion here. Still, like, I mean, I don't know, like, I'm going to talk to you guys about this, the fear of the Lord tonight, but I'm not saying that I know exactly what this means. It's kind of crazy to think, like, okay, at the same time, God's saying, I should have no fear because his love is present in me, right? And the presence of God's love is like this big, like, I don't know, like, coconut press, like, pushing out fear. Like, look at that, man, look at that lift on that. It's so nice. Like, just, just pushing it out, okay? But at the same time, there's, there's fear of the Lord. Okay, so check this out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look. We're going to dig into the Word of God. Say the Word of God. Oh, man. You guys didn't even get your, like, priestly collars on to do that or anything. Proverbs 9, 10, okay? It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, okay? You with me? Can you say that? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, 
And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Whoa, easy, lady. Jeez, it does have a chain on it. You can't reach out and touch it. See, this guy, this is, it's like, you can kill it. It's like Isaiah was from Freeburg. That's what a Freeburg kid would do. Put his tongue out and lean into it. Definitely from Freeburg. Okay, so say thanks, Ben. Did any of you respond like, what the heck is that? Oh, my gosh, it's a chainsaw. Okay, yes, that's a natural response. Okay, that's a very natural response. So here's the deal. A chainsaw, I don't want to take this comparison too far. I'm not saying that a chainsaw is like God, but think about this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? The fear, listen up. That smell, that smell, though. Oh, that two-stroke glory. If it had race gas in it, it'd even be better, y'all. I'm telling you, this is just pump gas. This ain't nothing. Until you get passed by a little kid on an 80 on a moto track, and you're like, dude, I'm so slow, but that gas smells so good. (laughs) Anyway, so the fear of this chainsaw is the beginning of the wisdom that it takes to use it without cutting your leg off, right? Do you hear me? The fear of the Lord, okay, so the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So take this picture in your mind. If you're just like, I put it down too quick, I gotta come back here and get it. Like, hey man, let's go chainsaw some, whatever, and you cut your freaking leg off, and go like, man, I wish I would have been a little more afraid of that chainsaw. But if you're like, you know, like, got your grandfather or your... <laughs> yeah, Abby, come on up here. <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> okay. Okay, so if you were going to pick up this chainsaw, what would you do? That looks good. That looks good. Okay. And if I told you... <laughs> that I wanted you to, like, hold that over your head and cut a big tree off, what would you feel like? (laughs) Awesome. Okay. uh, So, yeah, I'm not sure either. But so, like, obviously, she's a little afraid. What What would you say you would want to know about it? Like, if I was just going to give you this, like, hey, Abby, there you go. Go cut some trees down. (laughs) <laughs> but if, if I was like, okay, Abby, here you go. This is what we're going to do. This is the starter. This is where you do this thing. If you explain the whole thing about it and, like, you know, walked you through how to do it, and then we started with little tiny sticks, and you got really comfortable. We kept building up, building up, building up. Then afterwards, afterwards, how, how would you feel about it? Better or worse? Because you have more what? Knowledge. Oh, snap. And the knowledge of the Holy One. What's the second part of Here, I'll take it back. You're, you're relieved. <laughs> Put it on the song sheet. The knowledge, right? The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Crazy. So your fear of God is a really powerful thing. 
And it kind of comes, well, it's a really powerful thing because you're not going to just go like, yeah, well, whatever, I'm just going to go like over here, I need some money, so I guess I'll just like rob this little kid on his bicycle headed to the ice cream stand because, you know, whatever. No, you don't do that. You don't rob little kids from their ice cream money, man. You're like the devil. <laughs> Sorry, Anna, that was too direct. <laughs> I was, I should have been more. <laughs> but you were asking the question, why not? <laughs> why not? <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Forgive me, Hannah and Lord. I'm afraid, very afraid. But with the experience, okay, with the experience of using this chainsaw, like how many of you have used a chainsaw before? Like when Ben was at my house, remember this story when we broke the ladder? And he was on the top of a ladder, like if this was the tippy top of a ladder, like a 10-footer on unstable ground. He had the chainsaw one-handed over his head, cutting like a, I don't know, maybe a 100, 150-pound limb off. And then it fell and broke our ladder. Dang it. Yeah, that he was standing on, right. Not smart, guys. That's why we need, thank you, Jesus, for wives and mothers and all of this stuff. But it was because of his experience, right? Listen up. Because of Ben's experience with a chainsaw and his understanding of it, that he, he was like, no way, I got this. This thing is for me, not against me, right? This thing I can use as an asset. This thing is a powerful tool for me to use. And I'm not saying that God is a powerful tool for you to use. That's why I'm saying that this whole, like, it's not equal or anything like that. But I'm saying that there's a fear of God that we live in, and that as we gain, it's not like, it's not like I was thinking about when I was in Catholic Church where I was like, oh, I guess I should be afraid of God. I don't know what else to say. I don't know why. We just were in worship for an hour or whatever, talking about how much God loves you, God loves you, he's for you, he's not against you. Is that true? So then why would we be afraid of God? That doesn't make any sense. Do you guys remember the um, Chronicles of Narnia movies? Anybody ever see them? And they talk about Aslan, right? The lion. You guys just did the play. How many people were in the, the whatever? It's not a play. Was it a play? It was a play. It was a show. Whoa. It was a show with fireballs. and It was a performance, a theatrical performance. Yes. Thank you. Okay. So anyway, Chronicles of Narnia, bringing it back, bringing it back. Yes. Chronicles of Narnia. Aslan represents what? God. Jesus. God. Yeah. And they say... They were like, remember the scene, I don't know if first or second movie, first movie, and they're like, Aslan, who's Aslan? What's Aslan? Where is Aslan? What's Aslan? They go, is he safe? Anybody know what they say? Is he safe? Right? And he, they go, no, but he's good. He's not a tame lion. So is he safe? No. Is God safe? No but he's good. That's the, that's the paradox, right? You're like, wait, I don't get it. This is the guy that is supposed to wrap his arms around me in love. I'm freaked out now. <laughs> he's not safe. <laughs> Why are you telling me this at church? <laughs> 
No, it's in the fear of the Lord. It's in the understanding of his majesty and his glory and seeing him for who he really is, understanding how powerful, how big, how crazy awesome he is. How much more than you, right? It says in Psalms, like, David is, like, the king of this. He, like, writes books or songs and songs and songs about God being, like, crazy. Like, God, you hold my breath in your hands. I'm like a dog before you, but yet you still come to me. And it's this connection, this understanding where you go, like, holy cow. You could squash me like a bug, but because you're good, that's not what you do. But because you're love, I feel safe in your presence. Because you chose me, because you didn't walk out on me, because you're for me, not against me, because you've actually sent your son as like this, this offering to die in my place, that you've ruined sin on account, in, my, in my account, on my behalf, through your, blood, through your son's blood, I come right boldly before the th- your throne of grace. That's what it says in the Bible, right? Isn't this a crazy thing? This is um, something that a guy wrote about the fear of God, and I just want to, to read it to you guys. Unfortunately, many of us presume, so stay with me, okay? Unfortunately, many of us presume that the world is the ultimate threat and that God's function is to offset it. How different this is from the biblical position that God is far scarier than the world. When we assume that the world is the ultimate threat, we give it unwarranted power, for in the For in truth, the world's threats are only temporary. When we expect God to balance the stress of the world, we reduce him to the world's equal. As I walk with the Lord, I discover that God poses an ominous threat to my ego, but not to me. He rescues me from my delusions so he may reveal the truth that sets me free. How many of you want to be rescued from delusions? Seriously, I want God to really show me. It says that it's the son or the daughter that he loves whom he corrects, right? How many of you who are, who are like, really want God, you, you would want him to show you the truth. He rescues me from my delusion so he may reveal the truth that sets me free because you were created to be free. He cast me down only to lift me up again. He sits in judgment of my sin, but forgives me nevertheless. When we start to see God for who he really is, this, this person who's really holding our lives in his hands, it starts to break you down a little bit more and you go, oh my gosh, he captivates your heart again, recognizing that his, he is the one who has a say about your judgment, whether you live or die, breathe or not breathe, go to heaven or hell, and you go, God, you chose me, sent your son for me, even though I wasn't worthy of it, and you forgive me nevertheless even though he's the only one who has that power. Oh, my gosh. I'm glad we didn't get that one screwed up. Like, what if God wasn't good? You're screwed, and I'm screwed. Seriously. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but love from the Lord is its completion. Okay. This is interesting, right? Like, I, I just, it's just, it's crazy. So, we have a problem. Um, we come in here on Wednesday nights every week, most, most weeks. We come on Sunday mornings, and we experience God, and we experience God, and we've been, how many of you have been raised around or in a Christian home? Okay, and you get really familiar with 
God and the things of God and go to church and read your Bible and pray and it's all really good and everything's fine. But if you get stuck there, it's, this relationship was never meant to be, uh, okay, I've made my decision to follow God in a way that like I've received salvation for my life. He's, he's buried all my sin in the grave with Jesus and now I'm free and now that's it. That is a dangerous place to live. That is a scary place to live because you lose your respect, you lose the awe, you lose this thing when you get so familiar when that's your response to him, okay? For example, in eighth grade, we had this thing. I don't know if they still do it. After a Seals Grove Seals, weirdest mascot ever. Why do we have to be the Seals Grove Seals? Anyway... After a Seals Grove Seals high school football game, there's a church, a Methodist church, right across from the street from the field, and they would do fifth quarter dances and parties. And so, like, of course, like, all the eighth graders, middle schoolers are like, oh, man, me and my girlfriend, we're going to fifth quarter tonight. I'm going to dance with her. It's going to be awesome. Because, like, I mean, for me, it was like, oh, my gosh, I'm touching a girl. Holy crap. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> Don't pass out. Like, literally, Megan Hawk, holy gosh, that's who I was dating at the time. I'm like, what the heck? And so um, my mom comes in, and I'm like, Mom, you just showed your face right in front of Megan Hawk, and I'm dancing with her. This is so embarrassing. I can't believe this is happening right now. And I'm like melting inside, you know, but I'm like trying to keep cool on the outside. (laughs) Don't pass out again. And so, like, I look at my mom. She looks at me, and she's, like, already, like, my mom is so awesome. She's so great, but she's like, like already nervous, like, oh, crap, I probably shouldn't have done this. Like, I'm embarrassing him, you know? And like, like whatever, who cares? They were outside. It was time to go. She should have just like shot me with a paintball gun or something and said, get your butt in the car. But she was like so sweet about it. I get in the car with my friend Eric Hoke, and my dad's in the driver's seat, my mom's in the thing, and I start screaming at my mom, like, how could you embarrass me like this? This is so stupid. Why would you come up and get me? Why don't you just do something else? And my dad freaked out. Don't you ever talk to your mother like that ever again. And it was like. It's like, holy gosh, Jesus help me. I'm going to die. My dad's going to kill me right now. Because sometimes you get so familiar even with your family, even with your mother or your father, and you lose that sense of respect. And the same thing can happen with God when you stop pressing into him and you start going like, I'm totally fine, everything's fine, I'm cool, and everything starts becoming about you, and you lose sight of his place in your life, right? And you get that place of familiarity. Look, I, wanna, I want each and every single one of us to be totally free from this thing like of passivity, of like losing this, this sense of, of real, realism of who God is in our life. Like, it's fun to talk and be, like, joking and, like, oh, man, the glory, yeah, whatever, and, like, just mess around. I'm totally cool with that. It's, like, it's normal, whatever, you know? But in a real sense, there's a fear of God that we need in our, in our lives that keeps us pressing into him. He's not safe, but he's good. So what do we do? Okay. First thing you can do to stay pressing into God is a simple thing that just defines the fear of God a little bit more. Proverbs 8.13, it says that the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. 
Doesn't that sound kind of like fun, actually? You're like, okay. Start defining it a little bit. I remember being in India at a table, reading this verse for the first time in a morning devotion on a mission trip and going like, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I've known that for so long. And then I read this verse. You know, I've probably read it before, but it just hit me like, oh, it's, it's defined. Like, I can actually get started. Like, this is easy. It's like step by step. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If I want wisdom, what do I do? I hate evil. Thank you. That helps me. Does that help you? To, be, to have the fear of the Lord is that you would be honest, that you'd be faithful, that you'd do what you said you were going to do, that you would ca- care for others, love people, respect your mother and father, honor them, be humble, not prideful, right? This is really practical, good stuff. The second thing, this is the last verse that I want to read, and then we can pray. Um, it's, it's a long one, though, and it's really, really awesome. 2 Peter 1 uh, 3 to 11. Okay, it's going to be a little bit longer because it's longer. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Whoa, revelation. It's out of the me- This is a message version, so it's a little different. But everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. Boom. Okay, so not only am I telling you that you need to do this, you need to be afraid of God, blah, 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 blah. Don't receive that message, Okay. The, the reality is that I'm telling you that we need to be pressing into him, okay? That we don't want to be stagnant, that we don't want to be passive, okay? And this is, this is a really, really good thing to keep in mind while you're trying to do that, is that everything that you need to do that has been provided to you. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not asking you to run a four-minute mile, because not everybody in this room is going to do that. I'm not asking you to pole vault like Arizona's high school Hall of Famer Ben Evenson. Did you know he's in the Hall of Fame at his high school? Literally. Literally at the hall, in the Hall of Fame in his high school for pole vaulting. What, best in the state. Still record still stands. Oh, okay. Still, Hall of Famer Ben Evenson. Gosh, we should just all call him Hall of Fame Ben. All day, every day. Okay, but here's the deal. We don't, all have, we don't all have what it takes to be Ben Evenson. We don't have, all have what it takes to be Nate Goodyear. He's probably the fastest or Mark in here. You know, like you guys could probably smoke a like sub five-minute mile right now. <laughs> yeah, M- Matt could, right? <laughs> he ate two double patty Five Guys burgers and ran like a 545 or something like that. Like, what the heck, dude? You slammed two bacon cheeseburgers from Five Guys and ran a 545. Just, I quit, you know? Like, but this is the deal. This is what makes it different for us. Everything that goes into a life of pleasing God, is that what you want to do? Live a life of pleasing God. It's all been given to you. That's encouraging. You have what it takes. It's been put inside you. You've been wired that way. Okay? The best, okay, and it's been given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. Whoa. So more than you, can, you, more than you need, it all gets unlocked in your relationship with God. Whoa. That's awesome. So when I'm hanging out with you and meeting you, then we can, like, I can get even more stuff that I need to please you. That's crazy. All right. The best invitation we've ever received. We were also given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you. Your tickets to participation in the life of God 
after you turned your back on a world corrupted by lust. So you've been given promises and an invitation to what? Participate in a life with God. That sounds fun. The limitless, awesome, powerful one, the one who's love, the one who like can heal bones and, and like totally do crazy things. Like, oh yeah, you can just you can do that too. Because you're my son, you're my daughter. That's sweet. So don't lose a minute, okay? This is the part where I want to speak to your hearts about having like a passive um, relationship with God. Just like, well, whatever, I'll go on a Wednesday night if I can. And It's not about even being here. It's, a, it's about a condition of your heart, okay? It's about where you're really at with like, no, God, I want to choose you over, and like, I want to choose life over death, okay? That's like the simplest form you can break it down to. I want to choose life over death. Don't lose a minute in building on what you've been given. Con- complementing your basic faith with good character. Say good character. Spiritual understanding. A little louder now. Alert discipline. Passionate patience. Oh, Shumba. Reverent wonder. Warm friendliness. Come here, Luke. Come on. Give me some warm friendliness. Oh, Lord, have mercy. That's like... All kinds of warm friendliness. That was, that was very much so. That was, that was two combined. That was warm friendliness and generous love. Say generous love. Each dimension fitting into it and developing the others. So like how many of you want to like add, okay, so you got to a place where you're like, yeah, Jesus, I accept you as my savior. And then you're like, okay, peace. No, man, that's not how it works. You add to your basic faith all of these things, warm friendliness. It can get all kinds of warm friendlies going on over here. All kinds of generous love to each other. All kinds of passionate patience. Dude, brothers and sisters or teachers or coaches, yeah, give me some of that passionate patience. Standing in line at the DMV, Rachel, Covert, you know about that now. Where are you at? Oh, snap, yeah. You know about the DMV. Got your license, girl. Okay. I don't know how to read this. With these qualities, active. Say active. Active. With these qualities, with. I just said with. With these qualities, active and growing in your lives, no grass will grow under your feet. No day will pass without its reward as you mature in your experience of our Master Jesus Christ. Without these qualities, you can't see what's right before you. Oblivious to your old sinful life has been wiped off the books. Bro. Let me break it down for you. The dude is saying, if you're not living this out, if you're not seeing growth in your life, it's like you ain't even saved. It's not saying you're not saved. It's just saying there's no difference between you and somebody who isn't. That's crazy. If there's a seed of love and truth, Jesus Christ, who came and lived in your heart when you got saved, there's a, there's a fruit that gets produced, okay? And if it's not happening, somebody's sitting in the water and you're not swimming. You know what I'm saying? And if you're not swimming, you're going to sink. I don't know where that came from. (laughs) But you got to be moving towards God. Holy ghost. That's right. So friends, you're my friends, all of you. You're my friends here. Confirm God's invitation to you. Can you, can you RSVP right now? How many, just RSVP. Somebody RSVP. Okay. Confirm God's invitation to you right now. RSVP. 
His choice of you. Oh, snap. Like, it wasn't even me. You chose me first. Yeah. Don't put it off. Do it now. RSVP again. Oh, yeah. Okay. Do this, and you'll have your life on a firm footing. The streets paved and the, w- the way wide open into the eternal kingdom of our master and savior, Jesus Christ. That's abundant life, man. This podcast was recorded live at our Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.